Welcome to Film Camp, the podcast for two friends that gather the fire from our fun film perspectives. I'm Janine. And I'm Luke. Uh, today, we're talking about... So today's episode's going to be one of our... <laughs> here's the... Today's episode's going to be one of our least structured, probably ever. We in were terms of, hoping that the strike was going to be resolved. We were really... Because we... I think we fell into, like... One news article said, it's almost over. Yeah. And we both were like, it's almost over. And yeah. we decided we weren't really going to, we were, we were like, going to try and wait it out and rush we this gonna, episode. Yeah, we were going to prepare because we were going to talk about some movie. We were all excited. But then the studios decided to be dicks. And they walked out. Yeah. And then we were like, oh, <laughs> rab cakes. And then we put out a rewind with the idea that, one, we were busy because... Uh-huh. Film camp got crazy over the past while. Yeah. And then uh, we were hoping, again, the strike would almost, like, they'd come right back and it didn't happen. And we've decided to give up hope for a, a little bit. So this week's topic, this was not even really in our back pocket. This was something you brought up being like, we, you would never do that. I brought it up as a joke because I was like, we were talking about, like, ideas that were, like, so crazy we would never do it. Yeah. So, I don't know what you said. You uh, said something where I was like, I was like, I would never do that. Yeah. I think it was one of your albums. My Not albums? your albums. Like, one of those albums you like that I don't like. No. What Maybe a it? book or something. Oh, yeah. I think you did bring up a book. And yeah. I was like, I don't read. Yeah. <laughs> I stopped school and I have never read a word since. That's not true. He's lying on the internet. Oh, no. Okay, <laughs> I on. haven't read... I don't like reading that much, so I uh-huh. wouldn't do a book. Anyway, and then I joked and I was like, what if we, like, did the entire Five Nights at Freddy's timeline? And then you said, I would do that. Yeah. And I was kind of shocked. So, how we did this... Wait, was, you have to... It's by the game theorist. Yes, I was getting it. Okay. How we decided to approach this... This is mostly how you decided, because I do not watch the Game Theorist. You, like, vaguely know broad, broad concepts about Five Nights at Freddy's. I've seen people play it. Yeah, but that's broad concepts. I've seen people play it. I've seen uh, some stuff from The Completionist. I know a lot of his background with the game. Mm. Mostly Scary Game Squad. They played a lot of the first ones, which I really enjoyed. So Mm. I mostly, yeah, I mostly know it from game uh, playthroughs. Is that what those are called? Walkthroughs, gameplays, let's plays. Gameplays, that's what I was trying to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so that's your experience. I... I don't really know why. Like, there's no good reason. But I always found it weirdly interesting <sighs> to, like, delve into the knowledge of it. My equivalent for that is Little Nightmares. Yeah. I'm obsessed with what's going on with Little Nightmares. And it's annoying because I think it's a very similar thing to Five Nights. Not exactly the same, but it's a similar thing, I think, that's kind of, like, mostly just vibes. And it's, like, the storyline is meant to be mysterious. Like, yes. there's not meant to be an ending, but it's, like, yes. I desperately yes. want to know what's going on. Okay. Pausing you, because I don't want you to go too far just yet. Yeah. So, the way... So, since I was taking the lead on how we were going to approach it, I did game... I picked game theory, because that was kind of where the main point would be. 
I thought you watched him a lot. I did. That was also why. Because okay. I knew I knew what we were going to get going in. Yeah. Uh, so we watched his entire timeline series, uh, which he published earlier this year. Which, by the way, that is already out of date. Yeah. Because Ruin DLC kind of changed a lot. Uh-huh. Not everything, but a lot. Uh, we also watched his new video where he addressed the critiques of his theory. Uh, so I'm not really sure how to approach this because I'm not going through the whole timeline. I don't think you want to either. No. That's too specific. Mm-hmm. So I think we're just going to kind of talk about Five Nights at Freddy's and game theory. And there's not going to be that much. I know we're not super big on structure. Uh-huh. This is not a very structured podcast. Uh-huh. We tried structure for our first episode. We didn't like it. No. We thought we'd like it. Yeah. I thought we'd like it. Yeah. But we don't like it. Yeah. But I think this is going to even have less structure. I mean, happy face with... Never mind, I can't talk about that. Yes, you can. I can? You can talk about happy face with Ryan Hamilton. With Ryan Hamilton uh, is... A surprisingly popular episode. I don't even know what we talked about on that episode because it was one of the ones where we just started talking about random shit. Yeah, that was one where we were like, "Yeah, that was a funny joke," and it's, then we'd talk about another story. It's we'd hard remember. to talk about a stand-up comedy show. We found out. Um, okay, I have things I want to say. So first of all, the most I know from him is the sort of like memed. But that's just a theory, a game theory, which is yes. really fun to say in conversation. Um, so I know that I have, I watch a lot of video essays. And this one video essayist, uh, Big Joel, criticized his uh, breakdown of us. And that's probably the most information I've ever known about this man. So I... I watch him more. Yeah. I watch him a lot. I've watched him, here's the one, he's one of the few YouTubers where mm-hmm. I, like, discovered him uh-huh. before he was super big. When I found him, he had, like, maybe 4,000 yeah. subscribers, which is not that many. Yeah, that's very small. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this, because, hmm. this is a problem I've come across with other videos as well. Now, of his or broadly? Broadly. Okay. It is a, what I have found is a sort of recent trend in video essays. Because I love a video essay, so I've seen very many. I also love video essays and sort of breakdowns of video games. So I've seen a lot of those as well. Now, there was this one game, it was called like, Life and Fear or Hunger and Fear or something. I don't know. Life and Death? Maybe. I don't remember what it was called. I just know I watched somebody's video on it, and I thought it was really interesting. And I specifically like video essays on horror games, because I will never play a horror game. I am great with horror movies. As soon as you give me, like, agency within that story, like, get me out of there. I just don't want to do it. So... I love watching shit about horror games because I'm I'm not afraid of spoilers and I don't feel like I'm gonna like expo- spoil a future experience because I'm never gonna play it. Anyway, so I was watching a another video that was like the story of hunger and fear, whatever the game was called. I can't remember. 
and I clicked on it thinking it was going to be a video essay and it wasn't really it was this girl and she was telling me the story so because it's a video game it's it's hard to she was telling me sort of the most I guess average and consistent story you could get from the game from the beginning to the end and I hated it I didn't watch very much I thought it was so boring and he kind of does this as well and I think that it is just a style yeah but I do not like it I hated him telling me the lore in this sort of in character live retelling I have no, like, horse in the race of, like, if he's right about things or whatever. But I, as, like, myself, would find it so much more interesting if he was, like, okay, so in the book it says this, and we see this character do this in the game. So I think... Here's the problem. That he thinks that because the girl's eyes are green that she's in the thing. I would find that so much more interesting than him telling me this weird, like... I live retelling of what happened. That was so boring to me. Okay. Here's the problem with what you want and why it can't happen here, which I'm not saying is wrong for you. I'm saying why that can't happen. Why? It's because the books are not fully canon. They're half canon. Okay. And that is very confusing. And it is very... That can still happen. My point is him talking out his thought process for why he's come to the decisions that he's come to and what he thinks happened is far more interesting to me than him telling me the end result of what he thought happened. Uh, I think that'd take too long. What do you mean it would take too long? This was four videos in two hours. Yeah, I've watched fucking four-hour video essays, and they're great. It's too long for what this is. What do you mean? I think. For what it is. What is it? Is that not what this is? No, is that not what he's supposed to do? This is the concise timeline. This is the timeline of the games, not the essay explaining how we built the timeline. Oh. This is the timeline. This is the summary of all the other stuff. Well, I hated it. Well, then maybe we should have had you watch the other stuff. Does he talk about why he thinks things in the other things? Yes. Oh, well, I would have liked that better. Yeah, but I picked this because it gave the story. Well, I don't care about the story. That that's all we're talking about. We're not talking. I didn't think we were talking about Five Nights at Freddy's. I thought we were talking about his videos on Five Nights at Freddy's. We're kind of doing both. It's just going to be a lot. You didn't like the fact that he told the story. You wanted to know why he told the story. Yeah, I also hate the voice he uses. But yeah. th- that's very. I'm not saying that it's a criticism of him. It's just like my experience. You know what I mean? It made me feel like a kid, but, like, that's not, like, a, a... It's just a certain way to do a YouTube video. Like, I don't think he needs to, like, change or anything. You know what I mean? I have a lot of thoughts on Matt Pat. Uh-huh. And I don't know why I have as many as I do. Okay. But I don't really know what they are, if that makes any sense. You like, don't know what in... your thoughts are? No, I know what the thoughts are, but I don't know what to categorize them as. Okay. First off, he is a big theater guy uh-huh. he's like a big theater nerd way back when us four thousand subscriber people knew yeah. him he used to have a bunch of videos at the end of his channel yeah from when he was doing live theater yeah so he had a bunch of videos of just him singing he was a big theater kid uh-huh. i think he tried to do theater for a living for a while 
so that to me instantly explains the voice yeah it's very theater voice yeah very it is. theatrical matt pat falls into the circumstance of a lot of content creators uh-huh. where in the end this is a job where he has to produce content uh-huh. and a there has been a few times where he does not have enough actual material to produce content. Yeah. But he clearly needs to finish this. Yeah. So he stretches and he really... Uh, he makes something that wouldn't normally be made. Yeah. Because he just needed to make something. There wasn't content there. Yeah. He stretches very little things into a whole episode. Yeah. And he doesn't do it that often. But he does this as a job. Uh-huh. And sometimes I think that does affect it, especially more lately. Yeah. Which partly is the fact that he runs four YouTube channels where he narrates and he narrates and is the lead of writing and style and yeah, direction. I think that's a mistake. For four separate channels. Four channels is too many channels. No, I'm wrong. Five. Too many. Because he does game theory, film theory, food theory. Style theory and game theory live. I think also with theory stuff, I uh, you you don't have to, but um, so the video that I saw criticizing his take, he had gotten something wrong in what the movie said. Like it wasn't something that you like. He he interpreted it in a way you didn't like. He like just got wrong what the movie said. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that to me speaks of. Something that happens when you're rushing, you know, where you're like, I can't go double check that. Yeah. Or I can only watch this movie once and mm-hmm. then I have to like figure out a theory and make a video. You know what I mean? And here's the thing. He obviously doesn't do it alone. He does have an entire team. Yeah. Uh, I think they do it out of his house, though, which yeah. I thought was interesting because like they have a basement. I'm pretty sure that's like. They're like office. Uh-huh. And they have like a whole thing set up. And I just know that because there's one really cute clip where he's on live and he's like hardcore thinking Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh-huh. Like he's so deep in the thought of like how did these child murders like result in the animatronics? Yeah. And then his like three year old son came running in and was like, It's supper time. <laughs> and his like his brain like couldn't comprehend it for a whole second. Yeah. It was funny. That's it's cute. a cute clip. Uh, well, okay, that's another thing. Coming back to these videos in particular is I found... So part of the reason I wasn't very invested is because I know that the creator of these games did not make them to make sense. And so yeah. I'm kind of like... Especially when it's like, oh, we have like a theory and then it's like a new... um something comes out that like ruins it and it's like well he doesn't give a shit like he doesn't he's not trying to make it connect so why are we and part of that is also i think i subscribe to death of the author more than most people because i have gotten very very deep into fandoms and tv shows and things i'm talking about watching like whole tv shows like 10 plus times right and when you're in like the 10th time of a tv show Especially when you get those shows that go on for way longer than their lifespan, like uh, Vampire Diaries or Supernatural. Things like where you're like, this show should have ended. 
um, you get a lot of things that I start, I decided as an audience, I was allowed to disregard if I wanted to. So, so some things, some characters will do actions where I'll be like, that's completely out of character. I'm going to decide that that was, (laughs) that was a show problem. And like, I'm going to disregard that from my canon. You know what I mean? So I think, I don't know. I would personally maybe be more interested if there was a little bit more of that. Like, I don't think we need to take everything as explicitly canon from the games. Because I feel like he's not creating this huge mystery to be unraveled. He's just creating stuff. Here's the thing. The creator of these games is a guy named Scott Coffin. Uh He doesn't really work on them anymore. He got in trouble. Okay. He was like a big Trump guy. Oh, maybe, gross. maybe it was confusing. It wasn't clear how much of a Trump guy he was. Okay. Anyway, not the main point. Scott Coffin has the. Do you know how FNAF got made? Why it got made? No. Okay, so Scott Coffin used to be a Christian video game developer. Oh. He used to make like apps, okay. Christian games, that were like these little things, like Woody the Beaver goes to like cut down a forest or something. Yeah. And. The thing is, he kept getting people responding who bought the game. They're like, your characters look awful. And they look wooden. They look like robots and animatronics. And, like, they look like the creepy things at Chuck E. Cheese. And it's no... Like, they look terrible. And he kept getting this critique in all his games. Uh And so he kind of was just like, whatever. While he was going to make one last game... Where he was like, fine, I'll make them scary. Because that's yeah. what you all say they are anyway. It was kind of mostly a spite game. That's interesting. Uh, and so he made it. And he kind of... This is the sort of thing where it's hard to tell if he actually meant it. Or if it was just the game got big and he suddenly got interviewed and needed answers. Uh-huh. But he said this was like his last game before he was going to quit game development. Because he wasn't making enough. Yeah. And then obviously it made enough. Uh-huh. And he's very well now. So that's why... It exists, and he is the thing where he does come up with an idea, Uh and he likes that idea, and he goes forward with that idea until he gets another idea. And then he likes that idea more, Uh so he gives up completely on the first idea and starts on the new idea. And he has that... I don't really want to call it a problem. It's just kind of... That's his process, Uh I guess. Like, he likes to skip to the next one uh-huh. continuously. Even when the other one was working and was still had a long future ahead. He's like, I'm done with that. Now this idea. Yeah. Scott Coffin was working on an unnamed film project. Uh-huh. That we might be able to guess, but I'm not naming because I'm not endorsing it. Uh-huh. And we're not supporting things because we're supporting the actor strike. Yeah. Uh, and he finished the whole script. And then he gave it to the director and the producers. And they were like, this is great. Like, let's get going. And they started making it. And then they were like going into it. And then he came back and was like, actually, I want to do this new idea instead. And then he took the script back and started over. Even though they had a script that mm-hmm. everyone liked. Mm-hmm. He's like, I have a new idea now. And I want to do that instead. I Which, would say that's a problem. I think it's a problem when you have big projects. When you do, when it was the first four games, Uh it was just him Uh kind of just doing this. Yeah. And he was kind of treating it like what I think everyone, including himself, thought it was, which was just 
the equivalent of a one-hit wonder <clears throat> yeah. in gaming. Like, this weird fluke that came out, everyone got really interested, and in two years, no one will remember it. Yeah, so and he was just milking. Yeah, and so he was just kind of milking it with his fun ideas. Uh-huh. And when it was that, I think that was a good idea. But the thing is, it never kind of stopped. People just never got over it. It's a one-hit wonder that kept being popular. Mm-hmm. I think that would be where the problem is, is that he never adapted that mindset or never adapted his mindset uh-huh. from one hit wonder that grew big to actual franchise that has teams and development uh-huh. and like large productions. Yeah. Like now he has a studio, an entire game studio that mm-hmm. makes his games Yeah, and books and comics and maybe other <coughs> media projects that won't go named. And that is part of the problem with the narrative, but it's also kind of, I feel like that's part of the fun of being a Five Nights a fan is that it's complete chaos uh-huh. and you kind of just have to roll with that. Yeah. Which I also understand means for you yeah. and for people who are like you, it's not accessible and it's not really fun because you want an answer. No, I'm fine rolling you're... with it. It's just I'm not going to try to make it make sense. Yes. You're not want you don't want to do the work for them. No, yeah, exactly. I'm but not that's... gonna do the work if the creator isn't doing the work. But from my perspective, it's kind of like Mad Libs, for uh-huh. lack of a better word. Uh-huh. Where it's from your perspective, it's like, well, why didn't they even finish these sentences? Yeah. But for mine, it's like, wow, they let me finish the sentences. Yeah. Which is just difference in approach. I think part of it might also be, there was a, uh, we seem out of it, thankfully, but there was a a big trend a few years ago in horror gaming of having, like, ambiguous endings, and and then it would, like, the whole game would go, and there'd be, like, so many questions and so many weird things happening, and then it would end, and they'd be like, whoa, we don't even know what happened. And the first time it, the first time the first game did it, it was like, whoa, so deep. But then every game started doing it and it just became, it just became what felt like an excuse for them not having an answer and not knowing how to end it. I think especially because of that experience that I've had, I'm uh, jaded when it comes to that type of storytelling. I think that that's fair. Yeah. I feel like that's like the twist, the twist ending in movies. Yeah. M. Night Shyamalan, M. Night Shyamalan started mm-hmm. in an unnamed project. Uh-huh. And then everyone else was like, that's how you do a good ending. Yeah. You have a twist. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but you need a, you need a good twist. Like, it's yeah. hard to do a good yeah. twist. Or it's like the confusion between like, wow, nobody could have guessed this twist because it doesn't make sense and there was no clues. And like, <laughs> wow, if you were really paying attention, you could have guessed this twist. And it's like, the second one's actually way better. But they're like so... I've seen that in TV shows as well. Um, see, that this is my problem as well. It comes from my fandom days where it's like... Um, especially if it's like between seasons and something ends off on a cliffhanger i've seen showrunners be so fucking cocky like in interviews and stuff like because 
like fans go hard in theories right of like what's gonna happen next how did they do this how did they do that and i'm like literally the most complex breakdowns you've ever seen and they're like they'll be so cocky like no one's guessed it no one's figured it out and then the like resolution will come and it's like complete bullshit like it's like a complete like cop out and i a thousand percent think somebody figured it out and they were so offended that somebody figured it out that they changed it that has apparently happened before both i don't know if that's which is such horrible stories if someone figures it out they figured it out that's fine the the reason for storytelling is not to trick people Yes. <laughs> that's not that like, like that's not like the necessary end result. If you don't if you don't fool everyone, that doesn't mean you're a failure. If Wasn't you would... that what happened with Uh I don't know. I know that's not the only problem with that one, but I think that was a thing. Maybe. People were like, This is how it's gonna end and they were like, Ah, darn, they figured it out. I think so. And then they were like, actually no, the plan was this person the whole time. Yeah. And everyone was like what you shouldn't be trying to outsmart your audience you should be working with them yeah you want to reward like attentive viewers also if your ending is obvious that's not always bad no if you have an obvious ending it means you set up your story well yeah so conclude it well if at the end of a children's movie the main characters suddenly die in a snow avalanche that would be very surprising and nobody would be happy about it (coughs) Yes. It would cause chaos. But, okay, so, like, if for this ambiguous storytelling, this sort of um, mystery baiting, uh, the mystery box theory, right? You're still into it for this game in particular. Is it just this game, or are you into it in other mediums as well? Or is it just this one that, for some reason, captures you still? Uh, I've tried to get, do you know what mascot horror is? Yeah. Yeah. I've tried to get into some other mascot horrors. Okay. Why mascot horror particularly? That's the genre that this is. Okay. And it's the same style of storytelling and structure. Thing that's not supposed to be scary is scary in a scary place where you're trapped. You're trying to survive format uh-huh i never really get into them quite as well uh-huh as this one i don't know what it is about this one i don't know if it was just because it's first or if it's kind of the best at being this very specific thing yeah the problem with these things and some of them do it really not subtly is that this type of genre is highly dependent on the people around it filling in enough answers. Uh-huh. The community. Yes. The community is very crucial to keeping it going. Yeah. Because if you didn't have Matt Pat making all the theories, people could not follow the story in the next game. Because his theory answers the question. Uh-huh. So I just know that because I think it was something like Mark of Bonbon, some game. It was some new mascot horror. And they were trying to be like, wow, Matt Pat couldn't even dare to do us. Like, he is not brave enough. Uh-huh. They were trying to, like, goat him into doing their game. Yeah. And it was like, oh, obviously, because that's what this needed for this genre. Yeah. So it was just, 
it's a dangerous element for longevity because as soon as they stop covering it, uh-huh. it can in, it will instantly die. Well, I would say that's the same with everything. No. I think all media, all media needs community and no, fandom yes, for it to I'm, live beyond itself. I know. I get what you're saying, but yeah. I'm going one step farther than that. Okay. It's, re- it's completely dependent to survive. There are fandoms that it, every game or every media thing requires fans to live beyond just the marketing. Uh-huh. But I'm going, I'm suggesting one step beyond. Okay, but what about kids? Because I think a big part of this type of horror, mascot horror, is its appeal to kids. Yes, which is interesting. Yes. So do you think without these sort of... Don't you think the kids would still be interested? No. Okay. I think a lot of that is because of the nature of the how this is marketed through channels like game theory their uh-huh. favorite youtuber plays the game and talks the game and does the theorying for the game yeah so if they like if matt pat just stopped doing off nav uh-huh. and all the other theorists did too i think the game would just very slowly crash and die because there would be no audience to build on no, you're right. Mascot horror is very kid focused nah. in a way that I don't really know how to like comprehend. Yeah, I'm not even entirely sure if it's moral. Yeah, I don't to know be either. selling because like this is sold horror in Walmart. to kids. Well, I don't mind the idea of selling horror to kids, but this is not. This is horror for kids, but this is not kids horror. This yeah. is adult horror. Yeah, like it is violent and there is blood. And it is definitely, well, it's, it's not, not kid- even adult. It would be it's like PG-13. It's not kid-friendly, but it's appealing to kids. Yes, that's a good way to frame it. Yeah. But then again, I think I've talked myself in this conversation uh-huh. into understanding that kids experience horror that's too gruesome for them. Uh-huh. In mostly at too young of an age. Like... Mom or dad's watching a horror movie and you kind of walk in and you see something horrifying. Yeah. And they might say, hey, you have to go to bed or whatever. Like, you still saw it. And you were still, like, curious or whatever. Yeah. So maybe that's what this is. This is, like, the accessible version of a kid who wants to experience horror in that way. Maybe. I just thought about that. I think it's fine. Your parents... Or your parents or guardians obviously, like, know about it and don't have nightmares and don't imitate things. But, yeah. So, do you want to talk about, then, his recent video where he talks about, apparently, the drama around his videos? Yes, I can talk about that. So, I thought that this video was really condescending. Yeah. And I did not think it was going to do very much in terms of making people less mad at him because he was very condescending in it. And I don't really know what his goal was. He is very condescending. He, well, that's not true. I don't mean it like that. It he came across. Be, he, I think he's bad at being a bit more serious. Yeah. At this sort of thing in the way that I think he wants to. Uh huh. This kind of. 
I understand and I can even sympathize with his frustration uh-huh. that everyone demands complete literal theories from yeah. a medium that's not possible to do complete literal. Uh-huh. I don't think this needed to exist. It. No. I think this could have been a, at most. I don't think he even needed to do anything, but this could have been a tweet. I don't know. It felt very much like you guys are dumb and you don't got how I think and how everyone here thinks and not a lot of people think like us. We're just so cool. That's like, and I don't even think that's what he meant, but that's how it came across. And I don't have a horse in this race. Like I do not, I don't think people should be yelling at him about why he thinks whatever or, you know, that he's, like, wrong, because whatever. I don't care. You know that... It, that's just how it came across. And I was like, this is not going to help your oh case with people and who are already, like, annoyed with you. I can talk about this, because it's music. What? Uh, Blurred Lines guy, Robin Thicke. Yeah. You were know the story about his second album. Yeah. Wasn't it an apology to his wife for cheating on her? Yeah. What's yeah. her name? Robin Paula? Paula. Yeah. Anyway, his, his second album was Paula. Uh-huh. And it was basically an entire, uh, I was awful, please take me back. Yeah. And it did not work. Yeah. Because it was not good, and it was bad. Uh-huh. But I saw an interesting theory, or interesting analysis of it, where they were basically like, in the moment, it probably felt to him that this was like an overwhelming drama that he had to address immediately. Yeah. And because of all the thing going on him. But if he just, like, waited a little bit, no one would care. Yeah. But because he didn't wait, he, like, solidified this address uh-huh. as, like, a big deal. When it didn't need to be a big deal. Yeah. It was not a big deal. But then he said it was a big deal, made it even bigger, and now it's a big deal. Yeah. And this is kind of what this video was, which was he had a few angry comments and now he's like, wow, you guys all hate everything I do, but <laughs> you're wrong. Yeah. Because I'm doing great. It felt like he just needed to vent. It did. And it's... honestly, it would have. I think it would have been better for him to just be annoyed and honestly be kind of cocky. Be like, listen, everyone was mad at me when I used the book, and now everyone used the book, and you get mad at me if I don't use the book, and so I'm cool, or whatever. Yeah. Would be better than him suddenly like being like, lecturing on like thinking styles yeah that was like that was not a good that for some reason that's what came across like the most condescending where it was like i'm gonna tell you how people think yes he (laughs) he is a very intellectual guy Uh i would not equate intellectual to like university style smart Mm. but he likes to think about big ideas a lot yeah i think he was really excited to introduce this big idea yeah and with the idea of like this is like a fact answer yeah of why we're disagreeing yes it's like people in line are just awful but also something that i thought was interesting was he was basically so one of the points that he pointed out that i remember was he was talking about how in his retelling of the story at one point i forget the details but He's talking about, he's like a kid who knows that his dad put his sister in a robot or something like that. And in his 
voiceover, he says, well, he knows what happened to his sister. And then on the screen, he puts, like, the thing that says, my dad wouldn't tell me what happened, right? And people were mad at him because they were like, you showed the opposite as evidence for what you were saying. And he was like, well, with the how I think, blah, 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 blah. I'm I'm using this as saying, like, oh, just because his dad didn't tell him what happened doesn't mean he Her. doesn't tell her what happened doesn't mean that she doesn't know which is fine and valid but also you still i still wouldn't use that then as a visual correlation to what you're talking about at that moment because it does visually contradict that's just a bad example to use at that moment even if that's what you're extrapolating from it you know what you know what this was kind of reminding me of what Lindsay ellis's like hats off or whatever her video was responding to the cancellation okay but why hold on hear me okay the difference in their formats is when she was making youtube videos she at most made one a month yeah and they were very long and very essay format yeah they were meant to be like an essay that was pure in a video format yeah i understand that game theory is also like an essay yeah but it's what Lindsay Ellis was like a once a month magazine. Uh-huh. And Matt Pat is like a daily magazine. Yeah. The format's different. Uh-huh. He doesn't have to be as serious. Yeah. He doesn't have to be as technical. And he's responding in the same way over something that's just not as serious. I don't agree. That's not the that's not the problem. That was my problem. I don't I think like, that's the problem. I don't think that this is the issue. I don't think it matters that a few people don't like your theories. No, that's not my problem. I know your problem. You said your problem was more he was condescending in his address. Yeah. I don't really care. I'm just saying it's not going to help him. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's not, which is my point. And he wasn't... My he wasn't going to get what she got out of her video. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Okay. Because her video, if she gets in trouble for an opinion uh-huh. in her video, because it's a higher status... But I, I disagree with you that the status of whatever matters. I don't think it matters in this. I think he could address the fact that people were... He found that people were getting more and more mad at him. And he could respond to it. I think it was incredibly clear that he was, um, that his emotions were like kind of annoyance. That's a valid emotion. But it felt, I think the reason that it started to feel condescending bringing in the thinking stuff is it felt, whereas uh, Lindsay was like pissed her whole video. He was pissed, but he was trying to not seem pissed by the end. I think that's fair. And I she think, was annoyed. And I think not. But she not, also was more willing to admit culpability. I think not admitting to that. And like I was saying, like, even with his argument, like, that was a bad example. I think not having his. Not allowing for the emotionality that we could read on him, but that he was trying to pretend that he was not making this video because of. Is like kind of where the problem is. I that's like, what I, think I like is. what you're saying. Yeah. I like it. I think that's a good way to frame it. Yeah. She was annoyed. Yeah. But she, one, she was more annoyed throughout and more open about being annoyed. Yeah. But two, she also admitted more fault mm-hmm. when she went through a lot of mistakes that she did actually make. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, 
I did that. Mm-hmm. Shunta. Okay, moving on. Mm-hmm. It's also like 10 years ago, but I said sorry then. I'll say sorry now. Mm-hmm. I should have done that. Yeah. He was not trying to call Philly. Also, was... I understand that they were different things and she was like canceled and he was just had angry trolls. Yeah. So I understand that not, it's not like a one for one comparison. Mm-hmm. But broadly, I think if he leaned into what you were saying and been more annoyed or way less annoyed. Yeah. He had to go a different direction. He could have waited till he was not personally angry. Yeah. And then been like, this is why I do what I do. This is how I do it. Like, been more sincere. Yeah. And be like, this is why we do it. This yeah, is how we if, do it. Yeah, if he had come at it from like, um, especially with the thing, if he had come at it purely intellectually, if that's the role he wanted to go, and he was saying, I've seen a lot of people who are disagreeing with me about my theories or they're confused about the evidence I'm using. And then he wanted to break down the thought processes, right? And he was like, this is how I'm coming at it. And I think a lot of people are coming at it factually. And, you know, that can be valid in these reasons, whatever. But, like, this is why I come to the conclusions of what I make. If he was completely just intellectual, he didn't even bring up that he was, like, people were mad at him or whatever, you know what I mean? But it was obvious he was annoyed. And he was trying to intellectual his way out of it. Yes, I like, I really love your analysis of this. Yeah. Look at that media studies of yours <laughs> coming through. Oh. When you're in controversy, you feel like you have to say something. And this is a situation where it's like, if you didn't say anything, you could have done so much more. By waiting till your emotions were in control, or waiting till your emotions were completely out of control. Mm. That would have been more interesting. Yeah. You got ha you tried to do both and you didn't do either. Yeah. So final thoughts are I didn't really like these videos, but I just don't think his contents for me. No, I wanna say one nice thing, and I think you'll agree with this, even if it's not your style. Okay. His videos are very well edited. Like the way he edits and the video structure and all that. I don't remember the editing. I'm sorry. He's like an award winning editing team. I believe you. Okay. That's not something I pay a lot of attention to. Okay. The editing is very well done. This is very good editing. And I think he deserves a lot of credit because it's his creative style and direction. He makes good videos. He makes a very good content creation studio. Like, they're good videos. They're not like Watch Mojo. Mm. Watch which Mojo's produce- fine. You don't like Watch Mojo? No. Okay. Watch Mojo is empty to me. I used to like Watch Mojo, but it was too empty. I haven't watched it in like ten years to be fair. That's why that's me. Yeah. I used to watch it, but yeah. then I just felt like it was so empty. Yeah. Like they meant nothing. Yeah. His videos don't feel like they mean nothing. He even though I'm pretty sure he's just acting, he's a good actor and I believe him when he has his excitement. Also, I was annoyed with his shaving video. I know you were. Because his end result was men don't even like to shave. And I was like, I do. Mm-hmm. Not the point. Overall, I know we all we do the thing that we always do where all we say is negative things. Well, we, I didn't I, like it. I know, but I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing that right now. Okay. Where all I've said is negative things and then I'm going to end it with. But I really like him as a creator. And I'm yeah. going to watch more of him. Yeah. So if you listen to this bat pat, why are you listening to this? This is a bad episode to listen to. But also, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I think he's cool. And overall, I recommend him, but you're probably not going to like his style if you like Ginny and style. 
Yeah. Do you agree with her most of the time, which I'm pretty sure most of you do because she's better at arguing than I am. <laughs> uh, you probably won't like it. I didn't know you thought I was better at arguing. You're That's smarter. Nice. <laughs> You're smarter at media. You study media. I, do I don't media. study media, so when we have media debates, you are usually able to win, because you're like, here's a fact, and I'm like, darn it, I don't have those. I just have opinions and feelings. <laughs> but it also makes me more proud when I win with just opinions and feelings, because I'm like, haha. Okay. I like Five Nights at Freddy's fun. I'm not invested in the lore, though. My favorite Five Nights at Freddy's game is Sister Location, in terms of story. I watched Scary Games Squad play the one about the pizza parlor, and they didn't get anything that was risky, so they just pay- played a pizza parlor yeah. simulator, and it was a great time. I loved it. <laughs> that was fun. They were like, we're just going to have a normal pizza parlor. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just a little management game, which I love a management game, so I was like having a great time. That was cute, especially because he tricked people with that release. Oh, yeah. He just was like, hey, I'm just releasing, like, this joke game. Yeah. Which he did a few times, where uh-huh. it was like, Freddy was just going to collect pizzas. Yeah. And then people, like, played it, and then it opened up to, like, this whole big, complex game. And everyone was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I got you. I miss the old days of FNAF, uh-huh. where he used to use his website a lot to hide info. Yeah. Like, he'd have images, you have to brighten them up, and then, like, decipher codes and Very all that. ARG type stuff. I yes. love that. I liked that. I don't like the books as much. Books are lame. Just because I don't read the books, so I don't care. But I could go to the website and, like, brighten the image and be like, oh, thanks. Yeah. But that's just not how it goes anymore. Which is fine. Because it's bigger than him. And that concludes today's episode of Friends of Film Camp. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll catch you next time at the campfire.